Bisco live. We talk jazz, Utes, Cougars, and Aggies, even on the weekend. Weekend. You're locked on to the Saturday show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to the Saturday show here on The Zone Sports Network. I'm Jay Catch, joined by Adrian Leiser. We are live at Stockton 12 Honda. Uh, tracking this BYU game, Tyson Williams uh, looks like he suffered a knee injury. Mm-hmm. We'll get you more updates as we hear them come across. But uh, Zach Wilson also takes a sack on this. BYU trying to get some points before halftime in this game, trailing it 24-9. to Yeah, that was... Uh he got hit kind of it was bent inwards yeah. and he reached straight for it once he hit the ground. So yeah. but he did walk off on not under his own power necessarily, but he, but put, he had help getting he's off. Putting but, weight on it. Yeah, so not as bad as it looked in it maybe. I don't know. Yeah, but, you never you never want to But hopefully Tyson Williams okay. Exactly. So we'll keep you updated on that. But we wanted to bring in a guy who was on site for Utah and USC last night. He is Patrick Kinahan, host of DJ and PK in the morning here on the Zone Sports Network. PK, what's up, my friend? Hey, PK. I always walk off under my own power, fellas. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. We like that, PK. Uh, well, I guess let, let's start here. How disappointed did Utah appear in the postgame after that loss last night? Yeah, they're bitterly disappointed. I mean, they're supposed to win. And it's not just that you lost. It's that it was so uncharacteristic of Kyle Whittingham team. I think a team takes on the personality of its coach, and this coach is a tough man. He's disciplined. He does what he's supposed to do when he's supposed to do it. He's with his wife that way. You know what you're getting from him every single day. He will. We lose PK. We'll try getting him back on here in just a minute. It sounds like line went out, and wow. Now, that was a kick right there by mm-hmm. Jake Oldred, a 54-yard field goal. That was a massive boot right there. So, BYU trailing at 24-12. to We'll try to get PK back on here in just a second. But I think what he's trying to say there is after the game, you can just kind of tell the, the, the emotion of this yeah. team from Utah. Because they went into that game thinking, you know what? We got this. We are the favorites in the Pac-12. They were acting the part, but then they go down there and get beat. Well, and to his point, uncharacteristic of a team that – gives up so much over through the air and everything yeah exactly not very disciplined i totally agree with what pk was well saying. The, the secondary for utah it's mm-hmm. supposed to be one of the strengths of this defense you have guys like jalen johnson julian blackman who appear to be nfl caliber guys mm-hmm. we're talking high level nfl caliber guys and they got carved up last night and that's the disappointing part about it uh patrick kinhenry joins us now pk you can finish your thought there you got cut off for kind of in the middle of it you dump me man <laughs> yes, we, we did. We did dump you. We, yeah. we brought you on. You, you know? doing us a favor, and we just cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was talking about the what you come to expect from a Utah football team taking on the characteristics of its coach. Mm-hmm. You don't expect that so much sloppy play, and you don't expect the pass defense to give up 350 yards. I mean, those two things, and then obviously the fumble inside, basically at the goal line. Those are the three things that led to Utah's demise. Uh. PK, a lot of the talk over the week was that USC had quit on Clay Helton. Uh, you were there. Did you feel like that was a team that had quit on its coach, or were they playing for themselves a little bit? Dang it, my question was too good. We lost him again. Yeah. wonder what's going Bummer. on. We may just have to call it. Yeah, I have to. Oh, he's here. Yeah, I can hear you, man. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, did they quit on Clay Helton, or were they back? 
Oh my gosh! You know that was what I was wondering what they were going to do. I never bought mm-hmm. that they were going to quit on him. Yeah. Why would they? Why would they quit on him? This is your one shot. You know. Okay. Or we can do that. Oh well. Dang it. We had him for a minute. Yeah. It's that. Him it's that ocean air. It interrupts with all the uh, the ocean the, air. the the, the uh, phone signals. Yeah, it does. Uh, well, yeah, I think. It didn't look like a USC team that had quit. Let's put it that way. I think PK's point. Then why did everybody think they had? Was it just because they were losing and they have so much talent and then so it's obvious that somebody quit on the coach or was it the fact that maybe they just couldn't figure out quite how to get it together? And Clay Helton's been on the hot seat since day one anyway. Yeah, he's not been, ever been. The, he's never been the favorite of, mm. of of USC fans. Let's put it that way. He's never okay. been the favorite of the fan base. But should we try it one more time? You can give us one more shot. Go ahead. Uh, well, I can't wait. He, they didn't look like they'd quit on him, did they, PK? No, man. You guys keep quitting on me. I don't know what to do. I'm not moving. <laughs> I don't know I'm what in it the is. Same spot. I'm like the freaking Statue of Liberty here. I haven't moved an inch, but nevertheless, like cutting in and up. I'm not. I'm, <laughs> I am completely and totally. I, I'm playing uh, freeze tag with myself here. Mm. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I never bought that they would quit. Why would they quit, man? They got mm-hmm. they got great athletes. They got great receivers. You know, BYU beat them, so be it. And uh, here you had an opportunity to regroup, and it's exactly what happened. Do you think that uh, Kyle Whittingham and his defensive staff will look back at that game plan and think maybe going the man press uh, was a was a bad idea looking back on this game? Well, if they don't, they're stupid. But, uh, yeah, I would think they did, and they already have. I mean, they probably watched that 50 times by now. We two uh, Saturday afternoon. Games, uh, you know, what are we, about uh, 20 hours removed from it? Yeah, I mean, that's what they do. And SC's receivers burned them. SC's receivers are really good. Pittman's a stud. If Vaughn's is your third receiver, you're really good. Mm-hmm. And St. Brown is good. And the quarterback, you know, I talked to Kyle a little bit afterward, and he's saying, you know, they you get a plug in place there at quarterback with those types of receivers. So they just made big plays. The defense, and they were in position, but as Kyle said, they couldn't locate the ball and, and put some stuff right on the money, and away you go. You build momentum. You're at home. Next thing you know, man, you lose Zach Moss, and things just conspired against Utah. Now they got to regroup and get back out on that field next week. You know, it's one loss. Probably weren't going to go undefeated. We just didn't expect them to lose the first game, but neither did we expect them to go 9-0. and zero. Yeah, definitely. Uh, undefeated is very difficult to do. How would you evaluate Tyler Huntley's game, uh, especially after uh, Zach Moss left the game with that injury? All right. Darn it. All right. Well, we'll just call it. Brian, give him a thank you for us. I don't know why it's not working. Yeah. The cell phone gods, sometimes they work against us. Yeah, that- all right, it's thank okay. you. No worries. Yeah, but thanks to PK for thanks for trying, us. PK. Yeah. We appreciate it. Yeah, I know he didn't move. It's it's sometimes but, it just doesn't work. Yeah, sometimes it's just a, it's one of those days. Let's put it that way. Yeah, but it's it, you just look at it and you just uh, if you're Utah now you're in a hole because the fact that USC now owns the tiebreaker of over you head to head and you're just starting out your conference run here. You, of course, it's the first game in Pac-12 play for Utah. It's just a tough way for you for BY for not for, for Utah to have to deal with this now because essentially USC has a game and a half lead on Utah right now and they have to, they get to play with that in terms of looking looking at Utah behind them versus in front of them and that's the tough part if you're a Utah fan because you thought that you this was the year you were going to go out win the Pac-12 we're an ascending program we're going to be everything we've been cracked up to be 
and then you go and lose that game. Mm-hmm. I don't blame any Utah fan for thinking this is deja vu all over again. Yeah, it's fresh. I, I would be frustrated if I was a Utah fan, but I think it's like PK said, it's important to remember this isn't over. Um, do we think they were going to go undefeated? Not a, not a lot. I don't think we really thought that. I think there was technically hope of them mm-hmm. going undefeated when you start 3-0, uh, but very difficult to do in the P5. And this isn't um, national championship or bust for Utah, mm-hmm. and it never has been. And so this isn't like Clemson or Alabama or Georgia where maybe one loss is their undoing. And for many of those teams, they still get in with one loss. But um, I, I, there's still so much of this season to play. I don't think USC is going to just run the table from here on out. So you talk about that game and a half lead. Well, Utah, if they can take care of their business, we maybe thought they would lose that Washington game, right? Maybe that would be their hiccup along the way. Maybe that Washington State game like we were talking about earlier. Yeah. If they can pick those wins up, all of a sudden this is a different thing. Exactly. And USC's got Washington next week on the road in Seattle. They have to go to Seattle, correct. So this this conference is still wide open, obviously. It's frustrating if you're a fan because you thought you had maybe ascended to the top of the Pac-12 South. Well, I think we all thought that. We all thought that. Yeah. And they just couldn't beat the talent talented team in the south like, as far as just talent goes mm-hmm. and there's you can argue with me all day long that maybe utah matches it but they, we saw last night maybe they don't and that's just how it is it's a blue blood program there down there in usc but utah they win because they develop talent and they're able to have a really strict and um really they're disciplined in a steadfast program a little less of that last night and it came back to bite them yeah, but the season's not over. Yeah. Go out and take care of your business still, and you can win the South. You can still win the Pac-12. I still put you at Utah as good as any of the teams they play in the Pac-12. Last night they weren't, right? But I yes. still would pick them at any other weekend. They should still. I would pick them almost in every game in the Pac-12. And I think all of us. Would. Yeah, and they just lost last night. But maybe they go out. They beat Washington State at home. Big game, big game against a ranked opponent. Maybe game day will be here. Who knows? It might be something that they're involved with, but. Um, they're not done for Utah. They're they've got plenty to play for. This isn't a yeah. They're not Alabama. If one loss, yeah. they don't call it a season. Yeah. Well, the coaching staff at Utah has got to preach that to their guys. Saying, yeah. Guys, it's one game. You and you have to. They have. They've got to turn to the guys. And I think that most of the players understand that at the same time because we're still in just. It's just September. But it's also hard if you're a player to fall short of what you thought of yourself. Oh yeah. I would think so. That's what the coaching staff's going to be going. Like you said, they got to preach. This is one game. We're not done. Yeah, you've, yeah. Got, you've, got to, you've got to look at it and say, okay, we have an opportunity here, guys. If we take care of our business, USC is going to stumble at some point. Mm-hmm. I don't expect the Trojans to run the table in the Pac-12. I don't think anybody does. But you did drop a disappointing game here, but we are still in September. We have eight games to go here in the Pac-12. We take care of business. Our dreams, our goals, our aspirations are still attainable. We've just got to go back to the drawing board a little bit, figure out what we did wrong, correct it, and start winning football games. I think that as long as Utah just takes care of their own business, USC is going to stumble. We all know that. And it could stumble as quickly as next week. Like you said, they have to go to Seattle to face off against a Washington team that we're watching right now make pretty light work of BYU, a team that has won two Power 5 games the last two weeks. So... It'll make for an interesting situation when it comes to Utah. Can they get back up off the mat now and essentially punch back after taking that haymaker from USC? Yeah, and that's the thing in this conference, too, is they don't have really time to lick their wounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They've got a very capable Washington State team coming. Correct. 
Yeah, and you, like I said, you, you better believe Mike Leach is looking at that film from that USC game, licking his chops, saying, and if they team, can do that, we can do that. That team's always prepared, and that's this conference. Yes, it is. That's yeah. why it's a Power 5 conference. Mm-hmm. We can talk all the time about how the conference is down. Correct. And it is compared to maybe some of what the SEC, the Big Ten are doing, and the Big 12 even. But it's still a competitive P5 conference. Yes. And if you don't get Oregon State every week, you're not going to win every week. Or you better be prepared to fight it. And Oregon week. State's improved this year. We've yeah, seen they're, I mean, they're one and two. They yeah. haven't looked amazing, but um, they got a win last week. Yes. Against Cal Poly, I think. But anyway, yeah. Um, it's th- this conference, you need to be prepared every week. You just look at Utah's remaining schedule. Yeah. And we can talk about ASU, BUO. They've, they're never very good. Or Arizona's down. But. Well, Cal looks pretty good all of yeah, a sudden. Yeah, Cal looks good all of a sudden. You can say, all you got to do is tackle Khalil Tate and you'll beat the Arizona Wildcats. Well, you better learn how to tackle that guy. Because he could beat you, you know? Yeah. It, it makes for an interesting uh, – you just look at how the schedule breaks out for, for Utah. I think next week is a very tricky game because Washington State, they've given the Utes fits in the past, and you better believe they saw that film from USC and thought, you know what, if USC's receivers can do this to Utah's secondary, we're going to do the exact same thing. And running the ball is for the birds in this game coming up. What, what do you think watch, uh, Utah's game plan is against Washington State? Do they evolve out of that man press? or well, That's worked for so long for Kyle that maybe they figure out a way to get home on the, the quarterback? Because I wonder what their game plan is going to be. You have to... Because you talked... Sorry, you don't yeah. mean to interrupt, but you talked about how they did bring back their top eight pass catchers. So maybe they're not as talented as a Michael no, Pittman. They're not Michael Pittman or Tyler Vaughn. Or Vaughn's or St. Brown, but... They can throw waves of guys yeah. at you, though. And so what's the game plan for Utah? If I'm Utah, I would, in all honesty, and I know that Utah fans, you don't want to hear this, look at what BYU did against USC. They kept the ball in front of them and rallied to the football. That's what you got to do. Gave up a lot of yards, but we're but able, guess to, what? able to cause havoc and get turnovers. Yeah, exactly. They won the game. And that's what the name of this is. We, we, at the end of the day, you look at the scoreboard. At the end of the game, the team with more points wins, and that's all that matters in this sport. I know that it, 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 it burns Utah fans to hear that probably for me to say, look at that BYU film and learn from <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, right. But I think Utah's defensive staff, I think they might have gotten a little ahead of themselves thinking, you know what, BYU doesn't have the athletes we have. We can go man-on-man man with you guys at USC, and guess what? The Trojans burned them. I kind of think that you, at uh, Whittingham's Monday press conference, he was asked about what BY did on defense, and he kind of thought, he said, well, not much. They, the they still gave up a ton of yards, but they intercepted the ball a lot. Well, well turnovers change games. Yeah. We all know that. And I, like I said, it, it's not something that Utah fans want to hear, but I feel like the staff could learn a thing or two from that mm-hmm. film against USC. Granted, Washington State, they're more of that pure air raid. They'd rather just throw the ball 70 times a game, no problem. And you better believe that they're looking at that film thinking, you know what, we're not even going to bother running the ball if Utah is going to give up this many yards passing. Yeah. So that, that makes for an interesting situation. I do think Utah will adjust some things. They're too smart not to. Mm-hmm. Morgan Scally, Kyle Whittingham, they'll have a plan in place. But I do think they can learn a thing or two from watching what BYU has done against some air raid teams in the past. And a disappointing result, but I by no means think anything is – any finality is on this season, no. other than the fact that it's only September. But I wouldn't. I mean, it's yeah. Losses happen. It's disappointing because they were supposed to be better. Oh, than yeah, yeah. That's, that's 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 the part of it that bugs you is because this was a team that was supposed to be the elite team in 
in the Pac-12. Yeah. And they suffered a disappointing loss to start off Pac-12 play. You hope they can get back up off the mat and punch back a little bit this next week. Yep, definitely. Uh, BYU is at the half. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are down 24 to 12. Correct. In that one as they trail Washington. Uh, maybe we can get into a little bit of what BYU is looking at it the rest of the season. Uh, prognosticate behind this game ahead. Will they come back? Will they lose? Who knows? We're going to watch the rest of the game. Yeah. But as we head down the season, mm-hmm. the next couple of weeks are big for Cougars. Yeah, they, they have an opportunity here because they're playing with the house money a little bit here. Being If they're 2-1 they're and one right now, and we'll see how this game plays out against Washington today, the fact that they're down 12 at halftime is actually a win mm-hmm. in many regards based on how that first half went for BYU. <laughs> really, though? Yeah, they should be done a lot more in all honesty. But it, it, it's an opportunity for the Cougars. If they were to get to 3-1, and one, I think every one of us would be astounded. But 2-2 two and two coming out of these four games, now looking at the rest of your schedule, BYU setting, setting themselves up to have a good season. I think that's the, that's the nice part about it, is you can look at it and say, you know what, this is a team that is markedly better than they were a year ago already. They're going to play even better going forward because they're going to have lesser competition, let's be real. Teams like Toledo and Boise State are good teams, but they're not the same caliber as the Power 5 teams right. they've faced. So BYU should have an opportunity here to put up some points. Yeah, and I mean, I, I compared BYU to a good top-level G5 team. That's, that's where I compare comp, them. Yeah, that's not and Toledo right now mm-hmm. is a top-level G5 team. Correct. Um, you know, there's the UCFs, the Houstons of the world, but Toledo's up there. They're yeah. a good team. They speaking gave Kentucky all they could handle. Speaking in the of first. UCF, holy smokes. Yeah, UCF right now is down 21 to 15 against Pitt. Yeah, of all teams, wow. So, BYU, I compare them to a top-level G5 team that can rise up and beat P5 teams, which they have shown they can do twice this season. Correct. Get a team in overtime, they've worked hard, and they've gotten two wins. Yes. Can't take anything against it. Yeah, win, so, a win's a win's a win. Right now, real. they're having a little bit of trouble against an elite P5 team, but mm-hmm. they're still in the game. They're only down 12 points at the half. And they're so, getting the ball back. Right. So I compare them to a top-level G5 team, and that's this part of the schedule coming up after this Washington game. So win or lose, if they get a win over Washington, that's huge. They've springboarded themselves 3-1. and one. They're heading into the G5 part of their season. And they can do a lot of damage in that. And all of a sudden, 9-10 wins is on the table. Exactly. If they were to go 3-1 and one against these four Power 5 teams, yeah, then we're talking about double-digit wins potentially, yeah. in my opinion. That's still a long way from happening. They're still trailing in this game against Washington. Even if they do ultimately lose this game, like you said, Adrian, they're looking at the final eight games here, and they should be favored, I think, in every game remaining on their schedule. That's just my thought. I, of course, Boise State's proven to be pretty good. Utah State, they... Let's be real. They got a two-game win streak against BYU so far over the last couple of years. So and they're they're, they're going to be playing tonight against San Diego State. Their defense is not spectacular. It hasn't been as good as we thought. U, yeah, Utah State. And uh, you know Toledo's. They're uh, they've only played two games. They play their third game tonight on the road at Colorado State. So that's actually something to. And they're the MAC favorite. Yeah, that's a MAC Mountain West crossover. So that'll be interesting to watch. So you should be able to get a look on that. Um, All right. So uh, on the other side, we'll let you know what's going on in this BYU game and also some scores from across college football. And we're actually going to talk some ice hockey coming up next. Let's do it. Luke Robitaille. He joined Tony and Austin. Their Salt Lake shootout is tonight. Mm. Wanted to let you hear from him and preview what's happening tonight. Austin went full fanboy when he talked to him. He did go full fanboy. We'll get to that next right here on the Saturday show, live from Stockton 12 Honda. Come on by, say hi. We are at 10860 South State Street in the Southtown Auto Mall. Still got some jazz shirts to give away if you want to stop by and pick those up. And, of course, check out the great lineup of vehicles they have here at Stockton 12. More in a moment. This is the Saturday show. 
Let's go live. We talk jazz, utes, cougars, and Aggies, even on the weekend. Weekend. You're locked on to the Saturday show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to the Saturday Show. I'm Jay Catch alongside my good friend Adrian Leiser. This is the Saturday Show here on the Zone Sports Network. We are live today at Stockton 12 Honda in the Southtown Auto Mill. You can check out all of their lineup at Stockton12Honda.com, Adrian. You can buy a car online. Think about that. It's amazing. That's a pretty sweet deal. Now, I can't imagine hitting add to cart with a car, but hey. You can do it. Some people enjoy that online shopping. That's and see that I'm with you. It would be tough for me to be like, you know, add to cart, pay now. Yes. Like, oh wow. I suppose though, you could come down here. Yeah. Take a test drive mm-hmm. in that car. Mm-hmm. Go home and buy it. And buy it. Absolutely. That yeah. seems pretty cool to me. Yeah, they got they got awesome deals going on right now. This month, receive a free ten dollar Target gift card just for bringing your car in for an appraisal. No purchase required. You show up, say, hey, take a look at my car. You get $10 to go spend at Target. You can give it to your significant other because my wife loves shopping at Target. Hey, that, that dollar section is amazing. I've, I've been told multiple times. Yeah. I, I don't think I've been in a Target in years, honestly. It's been a long time. Yeah, I love Target. I, hey, I hear it's a great store. I just haven't been there. If you're so. out there, Target, I love you. <laughs> there you just go. want you to know. All right. All right. Well, let's get to an interview here. Uh, tonight, the Salt Lake Shootout at, is at Vivint Smart Home Arena. Salt Lake City is not really known as a hockey town, but it's still cool to see the Los Angeles Kings and the Vancouver Canucks coming back yes. to Salt Lake for the second time in as many years. I love hockey live. I've always enjoyed it. I've enjoyed going to hockey games. It's something that's tough for me to watch on TV, but when it's live, it is awesome. Well, Luke Robitaille, one of the better players in NHL history, actually turned into quite the executive mm-hmm. himself. He is now running the Los Angeles Kings. They are in town tonight. He had a chance to join Tony and Austin on your show uh, yesterday. Had some great thoughts on what's going on with the Kings. And like you said before the break, Austin Horton, a little bit of a fanboy <laughs> moment. So let's get to it. Luke Robitaille from the Los Angeles Kings with Tony and Austin yesterday here on The Zone. Welcome back, Tony and Austin, 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Joining us right now, Luke Robitaille, helping us get ready for the big showdown tomorrow, right here, Vivint Smart Home Arena, the Kings and the Canucks, the NHL is in Salt Lake City. Luke, thanks so much for joining us. How are you, man? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're doing fantastic. We're doing okay, yeah. And we talked to a lot of athletes, a lot of coaches on this show, but Luke, I'm a big hockey fan, and I'll be, I'll be honest, I'm a little nervous talking to you. I'm excited to have yeah. you on the show. The, <laughs> the highest scoring left winger in NHL history yeah. is right here on the Tony and Austin oh. show. So cool. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. This is great. It's always uh, fun to talk about hockey. Yes. Anytime, man. We are all about that. I was uh, Before we get to how young my Canucks are and why they had growing pains last year, uh, we could talk also about just the experience of what this was like last year here in Salt Lake City. I was at this game. I thought it was an incredible show. I thought it was really well done. What were your thoughts overall about having this game here and why it's a really great place this time of year? Yeah, it's fun for our guys. You know, we're 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 a little bit like the Canucks. We're getting a lot of young guys, and during the preseason now, you don't travel much, so it's a great experience to come here. You know, get a road trip in, and obviously, it's a nice area for our guys to see. 
And and last year the game had good pace. You know, like like you said, the Canucks are young. We're the same. So we're excited for this one. They're a division rival, so we know we're going to be competing with them for to get in the playoffs. So it's like you're trying to set the tone. Last year the game was a week earlier. So this year, by the time we play tomorrow, we're going to have we're close to our team that's set, and it's going to be the same thing for them. So it should be even better game. You've got a couple of local guys from here, and Trevor Lewis, and of course, you know Daniel Brickley as well. Tell us yeah. why uh, the local fans here in Utah that may not know a lot about Trevor and Daniel, they'll like watching them play on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously Trevor is like, uh, you know, he's he's the only Uton to bring the Stanley Cup in Salt Lake City, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow. You know, yeah, he he's he's like a pillar in our in our organization. He's. Uh, he was part of our two Stanley Cup runs, and he was a huge part of our team. He's a leader. He's part of our, like right now, we're, we're, we want to keep a few veterans to really show like our, our, our young young players coming in the way to be a great vet, and he's a big, big part of that. And as far as Danielle, like last year was his first year pro. He had a good year. We're expecting big things out of him. This is a big year for him. He's a, he's a big boy. He can skate like the NHL. So this is like a big test this preseason because we've got a couple spots open on defense, and we wanted to take one of them. What's the next step for a lot of your young players in terms of mentally processing the game and understanding how to play at this level? Yeah, you know, it, there's such a there's a fine line on being a great talent, but it's like you, you got to realize that you're coming in to help your team win, you know. And uh, you know, this is pro where we have a development league in 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 the AHL, and a lot of those guys will play there. But once you came with the Kings, once you come with the Kings, sorry, is you're coming in to help us win. So, you know, stats and so forth, like, you know, people look at them, but what matters is what you're willing to do to help the team win, and that's what we're really looking at. What are you thinking of about your goaltenders this coming season, Luke? How can things be improved or uh, get better there? Well, quick, he, uh, Jonathan Quick had an off year last year, but he got hurt, and uh, so that made it real hard, you know. So we expect him to be 100% this year and have a great season. We're really comfortable with our young goaltenders. We have Jack Campbell, that was the first pick uh, a few years ago in Dallas, and he came with us, and he's been he was really good last year. So we think he's going to get more work. And then we have this kid that we signed a couple of years ago, Cal Peterson, that we're still grooming, and uh, we see him as a number one goalie in the near future. So we're comfortable what we have because we have one of the best, like a uh, teacher in Jonathan Quick. He's a great leader. He's a great person, and he's really shown shown those kids the, the 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 right way to perform every day so we're comfortable at goaltending last year like i said we had an off year and your best goalie gets hurt early in the year it's 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 never good in the nhl luke robitaille with us right here on 97.5 1280 the zone kings and canucks coming your way tomorrow vivant smart home arena make sure to be a part of the action it's going to be a lot of fun um when you were out there playing being involved in the game and all of that, how much has the game changed from when you were out there? What's the biggest difference that you see in the way guys play then compared to now? 
Oh, God, the speed. It's just so much faster. I mean, I, I think kids now, when you play, when you want to play a pro sport now, you start like being uh, like specific on your training by the time you're 12 or 13. I think it's too early, but what it does is those kids like gain some skills that we never did because we used to play baseball and lacrosse in the summer. Unfortunately for a lot of those kids, sometimes they do get hurt a lot earlier because of that. So that's why I think it's important to play other sports. But the speed in our game, guys, has changed tremendously. The league has changed the rules to to uh, to help the speed within our game. And like, there's less hooking, and you know, there's still there's still hitting, but there's a lot of things that we used to, we used to have tricks to slow down the game that you can't do anymore because you you get a penalty. So it's really it's really had a huge impact for the last five or six years in our game. Just one one little thing here, Luke. I've heard you talk in the past about uh, fighting in hockey and the message that it yeah. sends and, and how you'd like to see it change. And look, no one gets out of hockey. It's rare that people get out of hockey without going through a fight or two. And you weren't known as a fighter. You had a couple with Craig Simpson, I think, with Edmonton back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> but it, just send us, give us your message on, on fighting in hockey and how it relates to today's youth as we're trying to raise good hockey players. Well, first of all, in youth, it doesn't happen at all. I mean, you know, even college hockey, it doesn't happen at all. In the pros, it's still there, but it's down by 80%. So it's tremendously down. We we understand that the news seems to carry that every time it happens. But if you compare hockey to baseball, as an example, it seems like there's a brawl every two to three weeks. We haven't had a brawl since the 70s in hockey. We're both bench clears, you know. Uh, I I think it's in the near future, it's going to be pretty much done. And one of the main reasons is, you know, there's four lines of forwards in hockey. And the fourth line, when I was a player, we had a couple guys that were there to protect the top guys. So the minute that you played were different, like that bottom line would play two to three minutes a game, and they were there to protect you. That's not happening in our game now. The fourth line plays 12 to 15 minutes a game. So you have to be a player. You have to skate, be an impactful player. So there's no goons, per se, in our game anymore. Everybody needs to play. Everybody's trying to win. And we all understand that to win in the NHL, your fourth line needs to contribute. They can't just sit on a bench and play two minutes and go try to send a message. It's not working in our game anymore. Luke Robitaille, 97.5, 1280, The Zone. All right, lastly, what was your favorite cameo appearance? Was it uh, on How I Met Your Mother? D2, The Mighty Ducks? Bones? Here on Bones? Bones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, was it on the Frozen Pizza commercial? What was your favorite? I was... Uh, I was, I was I was over stiff in all of them. It's funny. Every time someone sees me, they say, I've seen you on TV the other day. You didn't look like yourself. <laughs> I think, I'll tell you what, I think my, my best one was one I, I saved the city of Pittsburgh in uh, Seven Death. Yeah, that's I a good one. I didn't score in overtime there. The b- building would have blown up and it would have <laughs> ruined downtown. So it's a true story. You guys know that. Oh, uh, yeah. So I saved the whole city, yeah. It's my favorite moment in Pittsburgh history, yes. actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, very few people could say they've done that, Luke, and you have absolutely done that. He's done that and lifted a Stanley Cup. What else yeah, is there to do? President of the yeah, LA Kings, yeah, yeah. you know? Other than that, what have you been? You know, yeah. Would you do something with your life, Luke? Come on. Okay, all right, I'll try. It's <laughs> Salt Lake, plenty of great hobbies out here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Luke, thanks so 
much for joining us here today, man. This was a lot of fun. Uh, we look forward to the game coming up tomorrow and uh, excited and love the partnership uh, that the Kings have uh, with this preseason game and the series right here in Salt Lake City. Thank you, guys. I hope to see a lot of people tomorrow and another loud building again like last year. Yeah. Yes, sir. Thank Absolutely. Okay. As Lou Grobatai. 97.5, the song. I love it. So last year I, I had a chance to like meet him. It was in person, like with the, uh, the chance that I had. There you go. Luke Robitaille, uh, Los Angeles Kings, the Salt Lake Shootout tonight at Vivint Smart Home Marine. Tickets are still available, if I'm not mistaken. Just go to it. Like, we don't get NHL hockey here a no. lot, so I would say make sure you go to it. I'm a big Wild fan. I would, If the Wild ever played in this game, I would certainly be there. So I've adopted the Golden Knights. I didn't ever have a hockey team, and now they're the closest to us. <laughs> yeah. I, Hockey is amazing. It is such a fun sport to watch. Yeah. Tons of action. So. Interesting to hear him talk about how enforcers in today's game in hockey are becoming just like an endangered species. Because he says, anymore. well, the penalties for fighting now are so stiff. And yeah. I actually, you know, people love the fighting in hockey. It's whatever to me. And yes. I'm, I would rather they just play and then fight each other. Well, and and that, so that the yeah. that is is they're trying to get it out of the game. Mm-hmm. Penalties, fighting penalties are at an all-time low because it's a. I think it's a major penalty now. It's so it's like a low. it's like a major five minimum. So yeah. if you fight, you're hurting your team. This isn't like a fight for a minute mm-hmm. and then then you're back out of your off the shift. Yes, you know. Well, that's, you heard him say it. it used to be the fourth line in, in hockey. Yeah, you, you have those four lines. The fourth line used to be those guys who would go in and just ugly the game up. They get into yeah. the fight. He said anymore. You can't have that. You can't have them go out there right. and do that. Can't do a power you. play. Can't yeah. do a, power plays. That is one of the. <laughs> I find power plays one of the stiffest penalties in sports. It, well, it, Imagine another sport where they just take a player off the field because yeah. you have a penalty. Well. Soccer does it, but it doesn't. But, like, not in small spurts. Exactly. It's not like you have Like, imagine basketball. Minutes. Like, Rudy gets a technical, and, and he has to sit in a box for two minutes. You have four guys. Yeah. Yep. And then it's four on five in the NBA. Yeah, that's the, that's, that's the tough part. But it is a stiff penalty, and you're right. Hockey's trying to clean it up. And they it, should. I think they should. I'm so, like. Well, it's made for a funner game. Let's yeah, way more fun. And I hate, like, it's just, like, we don't need to see fights. Yes, exactly. Like we in football. Like, do I like all the ticky tack penalties? No. No. But I don't want to see someone's head get taken off. No, you don't want hit to. Hit them. I would say hit them hard, hit them legally, but don't throw the flag just because it's a hard hit. Yeah. Well, right? And we don't need fighting in sports. Go watch boxing if that's. And then everyone goes, well, I hate boxing in UFC. It's so barbaric. <laughs> but you want them you to fight win. on the hockey rink? You can't win, yeah. Adrian. It's like, come on, man. All right, update for you. Washington uh, gets a turnover. Dax Millen fumbles a ball. Washington goes right down the field, scores. They're up now 31 to 12 on BYU. Uh,. Huskies pretty much in control of this game. Mm-hmm. Jacob Eason looks every bit the part of the elite quarterback that people have expected him to be. And Except for this week. For some reason, he was being very downplayed. Yeah, I don't know I didn't really was. understand it. I don't Cause know. It, when we talked about it earlier, because they lost one game to Cal all of a sudden. So, I don't know. He, he's looked pretty good tonight. Yeah, he's, he's playing well. And, and maybe it's a game-on, game-out thing. Maybe it is, but yeah. like because I think people I – th- I, th- I actually thought people were downplaying a little bit because of his game against Cal – but I gave him an exception to that. You had so many stops and starts in mm-hmm. that game. It's hard to get any continuity going when you have that many delays and whatnot in the game. Yeah. Uh, Tyson Williams has not come back into the game. That's not a good sign if you're a BYU fan, I don't think. It just didn't look uh, – okay, Brian and I are mm-hmm. saying he's not returning. Uh, Did they say what it was at all, Brian? 
No, okay. I didn't. Okay, right, but so it looked like it was a pretty – it looked like a nasty collision on his knee. Definitely yeah. bent inward. And you don't, don't like to see that. Don't like – he did walk off kind of under his own power, but – which is good to be walking off. Yeah, but, but – still, that's tough. We've that's seen tough. we've seen guys walk off with a broken ankle. Kobe walked off with his Achilles tear, so yeah, – That's true. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Fourth down for BYU, bringing out the punt team. Punt. So yeah. – Let's put it this way. With BYU, I think most BYU fans, I've seen some frustration on uh, social media, but it's not as bad because, let's be real, I think most BYU fans understand they're playing with a little bit of house money right now, Adrian. Mm-hmm. You've won two games. I think a lot, there were people that were out there saying, BYU's going to go 0-4 to start this year. I didn't believe that to be true. I thought 1-3, 2-2 was a best-case scenario. I thought 1-3, 2-2 best-case as well. But I, I, was, I thought it was going to be 1-3, honestly. They're 2-1. So. and one. Uh, They're going to looking like this game, Washington in firm control big punt return here. Oh, no. And he might be going to the house yep. on this. Oh, yeah. Well, Washington had just busted this game wide open, a punt return touchdown. So I think the nice the nice part is for BYU fans right now, Adrian, going forward, you oh, can look at Oh, there's a flag. This. Oh, of course. Where's the phantom flag coming yep. from now? But you, you look at it. B- oh, it is on BYU. It is on yeah. Way to go, anyway. guys. Way to go, Cougs. <laughs> Anyways, but the nice part is BYU, if they go 2-2 two and two out of these first four games, I don't think there's a single game down the stretch here, Adrian, the final eight games of the season, that the Cougars can't not win. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be favored in every one of these remaining eight I think games. So. Well, Boise, Against Boise? Boise comes to Provo. But still. I think I, 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 would, I would expect. I suppose that, it depends how the next couple weeks go. It, I guess you're, you're probably right. But I, I would still think BYU probably gets that bump, bump playing on their home field at, and probably is a narrow favorite in that game. But I've seen nothing from Boise. It doesn't make me think BYU can't beat them so far this year. Hank Bachmeyer, great player. Don't get me wrong. But Boise State's offensive line has had issues this year protecting him. He's taken a ton of hits as a true freshman. Yeah, that's it. And that's what I talked about last segment. Yeah. Putting them against the top G5. Yeah. Boise State's the top of the G5. Utah mm-hmm. State's up there. Um, the, and Toledo this year is up there. San Diego State historically has been okay. We'll learn a lot about them with, with the Utah State game. So um, there's a lot to learn about this BYU team. Mm-hmm. Don't believe they're going to come back and win this game. I hope that they can slow Washington down so it really doesn't turn ugly. Exactly, because this is turning. Because into- we we were going to say, well, they we would pick Washington to win, but hopefully BYU competes and maybe they can keep it. But close. it's on well, the verge. Right, of, it's a verge yeah, of a laugh right, right now. now. Thirty-eight to twelve—that's a football blowout. Yeah, so. yeah, thirty-eight to twelve—it's not looking good for the Cougars. All right, we will take a time, our penultimate timeout here on the show. Come back, final segment, some of our final thoughts before we make way for the movie zone. Adrian and Austin talking movies coming up at four o'clock. We'll get to all that next. Tell you where we're at as well, right here on the Saturday show. Let's go live. We talk jazz, utes, cougars, and Aggies, even on the weekend. The weekend. You're locked on to the Saturday show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to the Saturday show. We are live today at Stockton 12 Honda and Adrian. Yes, Jake. They've always got deals out here. We hope we know that. We've been here for months, and they're a great title sponsor of this fine show. But right now, this month, you receive a free $10 Target gift card just for bringing your car in for an appraisal. No purchase required. No obligation whatsoever. You show up, say, hey, take a look at my car. 10 bucks to go to Target and spend on whatever you want. 
right there. That sounds like a great deal. It's a fantastic. And they tell you how much your car's worth. Exactly. Come in, maybe you think, you know what? That's worth more than I thought it was. Maybe I can put some more money down and get myself into a new That's Honda. True. That yeah. sounds like a great deal to me. They'll also buy your car today and give you $500 more towards your trade-in. And, of course, they have great deals on their vehicles, their lineup. You can get a 2019 Honda Civic for $5 a day, a 2019 Honda Accord for $6 a day, a 2019 Honda CRV for $7 a day, or, of course, what you and I think is the best deal in all of auto sales buy two hondas for just twelve dollars a day that sounds like a good deal it is a great deal so, so they've got out. a lot going on yes. we love this place we come down here about once or twice a month yep we love that they invite us down here correct and uh, we always have a great time they're always so nice to us when they come by um we love talking to people who come we just talked to a guy who just got himself into a pre-owned yep. accord yep and he's super happy about it got him sent him home with about 10 jazz shirts because we were so happy we for had him. a guy earlier today who bought a honda odyssey came by and grabbed some gear as well so we still got a few more shirts if you want those to odysseys are sweet they're pretty well okay here's the thing i know like, there's a whole stigma of minivans and whatnot the technology that goes into those things are absolutely incredible yeah. so yeah yeah. All right. So thanks again to Stockton 12 for having us down. Adrian, what's coming up on the Saturday show next? Well, the Saturday show is over, Jake. Is it? Oh, it's on Saturday. The movie's on. I apologize. The movie's on. Yeah, my bad. I no, we're up. just uh, – I'm just kidding with you. Uh, we're talking about Rambo, Ooh. the new one. Last Stand, right? When do you hang it up Well, as a character? You know, the first alone. one came out in like 1982, before I was born. That's before I was born. Holy right. Smokes, and he's still making them, uh, still pumping iron as – is the nice way of saying it. Still Spice getting buff. Alone, man. And uh, still lost in those woods. So 82 to 2019, almost 40 years. Yeah, it's been almost 40 years of Rambo movies. Um, and also we're talking to Ad Astra, and the question of the day mm-hmm. is favorite Brad Pitt movies. Ooh, I'm going to have to go in Glorious Bastards. That's yep, one of my People favorites. love that one. We got that a lot. We got a lot of uh, Snatch. Yep, um, that was a good one. Fight Club. Um... Yeah, I'm, a lot. I'm assuming the Oceans movies are probably Yep, Oceans. I love those. Movie. I love that he's always eating. Makes me laugh. <laughs> he is always eating. He does, so. he does enjoy his food. So, yeah, make sure you stop by Austin and myself. We've got the movie zone coming up next. And uh, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun to do that show. It's, I'm glad I got to come in, Jake. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're able to it's come It's funny. Where I was on the bus yeah. coming up, and I, was te- I texted you, and I was like, hey, I'm on my way, but i got to go get my car first because it was over at Brighton. Yeah. And uh, we drove right. Bye. Right, right on the freeway right there. That's how easy it is to find this place if you just get off the freeway. I said, I always thought, I'll just drop me off. I'll catch an Uber. Bright blue building. But, uh, yeah, I saw the van, and I knew you were sitting here with Eric. Yep. And I'm glad I got to come in for a little bit of it. No, it was a blast. Uh, Washington is absolutely pummeling BYU yep. right now. Deep into BYU territory. They're looking at a third down. We have Jacob Eason on, at wide receiver, so that should tell you everything you need to and know. And first down. First down. So, All right, so BYU, at this point, try not to let it get too out of hand. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, Washington right now, they're, they're, they're trying to make a statement. Yeah. This is a statement game. A team in BYU that has played Utah tough. But kind of got manhandled, but got two big P5 wins. Mm-hmm. And uh, now Washington's on the road there. It's easy to go in. Final game of uh, – they've already played a conference game, but their final non-conference game for Washington. And they probably saw USC yep. beat Utah last yep. night. And that's who so they have up Big next. news. So they're getting – they're trying to get ready for USC, and they're looking to put things – put BYU in the hurt here. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, thanks again to everybody who joined us. Brian Brown running the controls back at the station. Eric, our tech here on site. For Adrian, I'm Jake. Thanks again for joining us here on the Saturday show. We'll catch you next week right here on the Zone Sports Network.